0: What is up, everybody? <clears throat> Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos. And actually, this week, Chag Sameach. Chag Pesach Sameach. M'Mishpoche. Uh, Mi Yachudim. It is Pesach, one of my favorite holidays. I can't wait. So exciting. I'm doing this episode in at work, and I don't know, I feel really chill. So maybe this will make for just relaxing, good content. Enjoy the show, people. So to carry on with this relationships chapter that is just full of dense info, Eckhart Tolle says, and he starts it, humanity has always been under great pressure to evolve. Never forget that. Never before relationships have been so problematic and conflict ridden he says we all expect relationships to make us happy and fulfilled right totally would say and i agree don't expect salvation through relationships like don't expect relationships to free you from any pain even if you got crazy baggage and you're coming off a super abusive partner and you go to a new one who isn't abusive i understand that's eradicating pain but you've got the baggage and you've still got to deal with that okay a relationship will never get rid of your baggage you've got to deal with your shit always remember you have got to deal with your shit don't forget that your soul will out will you and out outperform you your brain your ego whatever it will always conquer you i'm telling you, your soul is ruthless now going back a second totally makes a great point here saying relationships We're never meant to make us feel good aside from creating children and hunting for food. The things that kept us alive, literally our partners, biologically and evolutionarily, if that's even a word, were meant to just make, help us eat and fuck and have kids. If you understand that a relationship is meant to make you conscious, not happy. Now you're seeing the way. That right there is how you seek salvation in a relationship, is seeking out the conscientiousness in a relationship. Consciousness, conscientiousness, whatever. Tomato, tomato. Never forget people. Consciousness, to be super present, is how you find peace because there's no problems. We haven't constructed the concept of a problem in the moment. So if you have a relationship bring you to presence, that's where a relationship brings you to peace. Salvation is peace. Peace and those who hold on to old patterns. There will be increasing pain, increasing violence, increasing confusion, just overall madness. Throughout this book, by the way, there's this third-party person that asks and ponders questions and concepts by Eckhart Tolle, and Eckhart Tolle answers these questions. Who knows if Eckhart just made these questions up because he knows what people are thinking, but he, he talks about something here. The guy says, like, how come, excuse me, he's saying... How come my partner still acts out in his old patterns of jealousy and wanting control? He's unable to see it, and I can't change him. Well, Tolley flips the question back at him, saying, How many people does it take for you to make your life into a spiritual practice? Because never forget, everyone is a mirror in our lives. They're all here to teach us things, and they're all a reflection of our own beliefs and a reflection of our fears and insecurities and joys and etc. Just a reflection of everything in us. Everyone's a reflection of us, of some part of us, whether a part of us is our past, blah, blah, blah. So totally saying, how many people will it take to make our life into a spiritual practice of getting present and conscious? Tully says, never mind if your partner will not cooperate. Sanity, consciousness, and other characteristics can only come into this world through you. And only you, no one will bring it here for you. You have to do the work. You're the one in the driver's seat. People can guide. They can be in the passenger seat, but you're the one steering the wheel. That was one of the deepest concepts in the book so far was how you have to take ownership. We construct everything. Pretty much everything is constructed by us. And everything in this world is a chance for us to dive back into the unmanifested, where the peace itself lies. Just a reminder if you forgot from last episode, the unmanifested, this is where there is no label, there's no identity, there's no definition, there is no form, if you're familiar with the concept of forms and philosophy. And you're wondering, like, okay, so Zev, you're talking about nothingness. Yes, I'm talking about. The essence behind everything we've put a label on to create a story, to create identity. And everything in this world allows us into that unmanifested field or dimension or whatever, vibration of energy, whatever you, whatever it is, where there is no possible, because there's no label, there isn't even a possibility for a lack of peace. Now, I should probably give a disclaimer. That this whole book was a coping mechanism for me. I, th- I think if we're going to get really philosophical, and since this whole book is is putting labels on things, it is, in essence, just a coping mechanism. But whatever, the coping, it helps me cope, so that's all that matters. And it makes it gives me a false sense of meaning for what is unknown. Because, in essence, that's everything. We put a label on everything to just give us some sense of comfort for what we don't actually know. And don't wait for the world to get better. Don't wait for someone else to become more conscious, to be enlightened. You already have it. It's already in you. I realized I wanted peace externally. I thought, or I didn't explain that well. I thought only external factors would get me to peace. When then in reality, it was always inside me. Always. I just didn't know it. Do not accuse each other. About being unconscious, you know, and I'm referring to partners. Just don't accuse each other of being unconscious. Tully would say, the moment you start to argue, you've identified with a mental position that is that's outside your sense of self. Uh, It's your ego in charge of that moment. You have become unconscious in that moment. And then I made notes here because I had this. There's this paradoxical moment I thought about. Which Eckhart Tolle says you can technically point things out without the ego being involved, but it takes extreme presence. However, my thoughts about that, it doesn't make sense because of his signpost analogy. I won't explain right now, but. Well, okay, fine, I'll explain. Is anytime you, you use a word to explain anything, it's not actually the thing, it is a label, it's a definition. Therefore, it's the ego latching on to a label or definition to seek meaning, to feel alive, to not feel like it doesn't know anything. Because when the ego is in an unknown state, anything that's unknown resembles death. Death, we don't know anything about. And that's why we're always avoiding the unknown, because it resembles death. It resembles the lack of the human race continuing. So now that you understand that, the signpost concept... It's a paradox because you, you can't tell someone what you think is going on or what's wrong. Um, that that is literally the ego, no matter how you put it. And this is, and what I wrote here is like imagine sitting there, being conscious about what you're saying to someone. Like you have baggage, you need to maybe to go inward, blah blah. blah. You're conscious about it. you're like I understand I'm saying this. I understand why I've got my own shit and that's why I'm projecting but you can't tell them that you're conscious and that you have no control over their judgments and stories based around your criticism like you, you can't tell them any of this cuz that's just the ego going and and it's a paradox cuz then you could be aware of that too if if you have that thought and it's just constant awareness cuz once you tell them hey i'm aware of this thing then you have to then say you're aware of that thought, and then you have to be like, oh, I'm aware of that awareness, and it's like, it's never ending. Uh, what I put here? You're trying, yeah, like Tully says, you're just trying to prove yourself, your aliveness, aka the self-talking ego trying to feel alive. So to be free and liberated and enlightened, it's extremely lonely, because no one will actually know you're, you're enlightened except for you. And I guess saying this out loud right now, this literally is enlightenment. Oh, that is literally the paradox is me needing to prove to myself or to you or just to my ego wants to put this out there to feel alive. And, I, and then I said here, yeah, by not, if by, by choosing not to say any of this, that is literally enlightenment It's to not need to prove anything to anyone ever, including yourself. That is enlightenment, but it's extremely lonely. That's so lonely. To be enlightened is so lonely. And no one would know you're enlightened. So true enlightenment, you got to scrap the ego and be like, you know what? I don't care that no one knows I'm enlightened. You have to not care. And that is enlightenment. And you have to just sit there knowing people are going to assume, judge, and everything. But but again, then you shed all the stories. You have to shed the stories and be present. Wow. I don't know how monks do it. he, He goes on here to say... Oh, wait, there's there's more. Tolly says, when your partner behaves unconsciously, relinquish all judgment. Now, I have a little bit of a a different approach to this matter, okay, regarding, like, projection. So, one might be like, okay, Zev, Tolly is a mashuguner because how can you not judge and get, get out of a shitty relationship if someone's abusive and just being toxic. Like, you can't sit there and accept it and be like, I'm at peace now because I'm accepting this shitty relationship. This is where I try to play as the middleman. And I personally believe that a person can... Uh, sorry, I'm distracted. I think a person can be aware of their program. Simple as that. Please, it's hard because I'm not talking to you. I don't know if you understand fully, but it's like be aware of your program. So, let's say in that scenario, a person says, Okay, I'm done. I'm leaving this person. They're toxic or abusive. And you're like, Oh, but I'm judging them. Like the fact that you're saying they are bad for being toxic, they are bad for being abusive. I don't like that. So, I'm like, That again, like one would say, technically, that's an unconscious state. You are not accepting, you're resisting, and that's the ego telling you what to do and it's out of a place of lack. There's a, there's a void there. However, it's it like one, so I'm going to go two avenues. The first avenue is, you, you know what I'm going to say. Natural selection, we're designed, we have hormones that make us seek out pleasure and it's not fun and it's not pleasurable to be beaten up or emotionally abused. Okay, I get that. So that's one thing. Is naturally we do want to leave those situations because it's just not. It doesn't feel good, and we want to chase what feels good in life. That's just how we're built as human beings. Now, for a more cool hippie approach, you can be present of your programming. So then you go, oh, okay. I don't want to be in this situation because in my past something happened. I was programmed not to want the situation. Someone taught me that being abused was bad, and I'm simply going with my programming and then so now it's like okay i'm gonna do what my brain naturally wants to do and what my hormones want to do but but again you're not identifying as the meat suit you're not identifying as your thoughts you're saying you're the observer and you go oh this vessel that says they don't want the situation is getting out of the situation it's it's not you it's the vessel you're observing because of their life programming and that is how you can be present and i guess for lack of a better word, enlightened during crises. So Tolle hits you with such a pretentious quote here. It's not easy to live with an enlightened person, or rather, it's so easy that the ego finds it threatening. Remember that we always need problems, okay? Our brain wants conflict, enemies, anything to strengthen its identity, just to feel alive, to have something to say it's mine. And if someone's really easy to live with, there is nothing to latch on to and a person gets antsy and they create issues. Tolly talks about, and this is generic, we all know this, it's easy to be enlightened when life is good. It's difficult when challenges arise. When challenges arise, it brings our unconscious pain body out. This zombie parasitic body just starts acting on its own when things get hard. So I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to try and be super present and conscious when things get tough. Also, super random side note, because I do it on the podcast all the time, I repeat myself. And I saw this video talking about people who repeat themselves constantly. It's because they haven't been heard when they were a child or whatever, or just they haven't been heard in general in their life. And that was some minor, minor trauma, or as I like to say, baggage. And they then as an adult are always over explaining repeating concepts until they seek validation because they feel like they're not heard and sometimes actually it's not even for other people sometimes people and I do this repeating something over and over so you hear yourself it's weird it's so you accept yourself or so you are listening to yourself Uh, you know what I mean like so you hear yourself it's just a weird coping mechanism anyways back to it I absolutely love this. In relationships when two people are arguing, remember it's often two pain bodies being controlled in a parasitic like fashion towards one another. When we are aware, we're not controlled by our ego parasite. Here's a, a quote for y'all you can take home. Tolle says to watch your reactions to what people say, don't be your reactions. Watch your reactions. I love that. If you are mostly present in your relationships, That's potentially the greatest challenge to your partner. If your partner is ready to join you in that state, they'll walk right through that door you open for them. If they are not willing to join you in that state, you two will separate like oil and water. The light is too painful for someone who wants to remain in darkness. This is deep, okay? If your past is creating a pain body, just remember what Tully says. As long as you make an identity for yourself out of pain, you cannot become free of it. And think- I think all of us can right away think of someone who's created an identity around their pain. You literally cannot free yourself of that. Imagine I don't know, this is a random analogy. Like imagine Imagine your clothes were made of spikies. <laughs> Little spikes. <laughs> And you're like, the- life sucks because these spikes. They hurt. But if those are the only clothes you own, you're not going to be free of the pain unless you throw the spikies out and buy some new clothes. You've got to shed that identity. You start, start like I started. Tell yourself you are not the voice. You're not the thoughts. And you're not the meat suit. You're not your vessel, your body, whatever you want to call it. You're none of those. You're just the observer of all of it the second you start to have a self talk the second your observation oh my god i can't speak the second your observer starts to speak that's not your observer anymore that's your ego it's resurrected and you gotta just observe it again that my friends that's how you become free of some of these pain bodies Ugh, that hits so hard and watch i'm gonna repeat myself again but As long as you make an identity for yourself out of pain, you can't be free of that identity. Some people to cue that awakening, you just have to say this literally five words. The past does not exist or the present does not, or the future does not exist only the present moment for some people suddenly they'll see that they've been attached to this pain for a long time and it's a shocking realization they go oh my gosh all i have is this present moment that past me that I'm, i that i'm holding on to the baggage i can finally drop the bag and let it go let the weight go and you realize that's a story it's at this point it doesn't exist anymore it is just a story it is not tangible that past Identity is not real anymore. It's literally a story that's been constructed. That is fucking insane. Tolly says, the moment you've realized this, you've broken the attachment. Congratulations. The pain body, it's an energy field. Like an entity. It's become... Temporary lodged in your inner space. Remember, he talked about your inner space being in your body. Like if you meditate and you try and feel inside your hand, that's your inner space. It's this presence. Like it's nothing but presence. And I actually pictured like a ball of energy leaving my body as the weight's been lifted off my shoulders. Like this old identity. That's just a story. And I'm here now, just in the present. Nothing else. That's the end of chapter 8. And we're going to move on next time I talk to you in chapter 9. It's called Beyond Happiness and Unhappiness. There's peace. Beyond all that, there's be- I can't wait. I love this stuff. I'm telling you. We're wrapping this book up. And it's I'm having a blast going through it again, honestly. I got- this is a- an annual read for me. Oh, And I might even bring it on my trip to Israel. Yeah, folks, I'm going to Israel. May 1st to 12th. Whew, and Because uh, I really want to be present on that trip. I'm not going to use my phone at all. I can't wait. But the end of that chapter, end of chapter eight, he actually talks about, there's this portion of the book where it's saying women are more close to enlightenment and can be more present because of their menses, apparently, like all these things that are painful, like having kids. He believes, totally believes in certain philosophies that deem women to be more enlightened, closer to God than men genetically. He believe he's very spiritual. He actually believe I think he's, uh, I, don't, I forget what sect of Christianity, but he's, he's a Christian and he believes in God big time and, yeah, it makes it like pain is another vehicle to get you closer to presence. It's true. Um, so I could see that if women if women go through more physical pain. That's a, a decent thing. but And so he talks about this. I didn't want to discuss it much because, I don't know, it's all speculation. It's not like factual. This whole, this whole book's philosophical and speculative, but especially this part. I'm like, okay, I don't know if he has proof about this. So I thought I'd just throw it in here, let you know that he talks about it. Thanks for listening, everyone. What a great time. See you later. Shabbat Shalom. Good Chag Pesach Semeach. Enjoy your seders with the Mishpoche. Raot. Shalom. Rate five stars. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, thanks for listening. Take care. I wish you all the best.